Welcome back to Lunch Logic. This is Devin. This is Luke. And this is Dr. Wilhelm. And today we're going to talk about education and mathematics again. So we have Dr. Wilhelm. He's been a math teacher in Seaholm for how many years? Uh, 18 years at Seaholm. 18 years. Okay. So he's an uh, expert in mm -hmm. both education and math. Yeah. And we have a few questions to ask. So first, what are some of the common traits of students in your class who excelled at math? I think first and foremost, uh, students, it helps if students are curious. Mm. If they are you know, interested in enough in math that they wonder about things and that leads them to ask questions about not just how things work, but why yeah. they work. Um, so that's, I think, maybe the most critical part. Um, but then a willingness to, you know, engage and work hard um, mm -hmm. because it's not necessarily that people are, are born inherently um, with greater ability in math. I think it's just a lot of times it's, again, a willingness to engage, which comes from curiosity, but also having a strong work ethic. So does, does that mean that commonly those students work on, like, you know, math outside of class or outside of homework? If, if we're talking, like you mentioned, Luke, about students who excel, then I, by and large, yes. Yeah. Like they'll come in and they'll, they'll ask questions about things that they've been looking into outside of class. Mm -hmm. um, or, if it, or even if it's related to something they've been doing in class, the kinds of questions they'll answer will reveal that you know, they've already put a lot of thought into it. Yeah. And yeah. They're, they already have a pretty sophisticated understanding and they just need those last little pieces to put it together. But it's clear that they've been either doing or thinking about math more than just while they're sitting in my class. Right. Okay. That was a great response from Dr. Willem. Uh, our second question is, how do you approach someone who hates math? Uh, it might come as a shock, but it happens kind of <laughs> regularly that <laughs> people <laughs> come into math class in high school and don't have uh, a good attitude toward it. Mm -hmm. um, so. My general approach to that, or really anything, in trying to teach students is to get to know them better and, and build a relationship with yeah. that student yeah. so I can kind of figure out their history with math and what, what particularly is it that they either don't like or think they don't like. Because a lot of times it's misconceptions about math. You know, they haven't had great experience in mm -hmm. math classes before, so they have these misconceptions about what they think the nature of mathematics is, how or why it's used, why we teach it, um, those sorts of things. And if I can... Yeah get to know the student, um, figure out what they're interested in, how I can use math to, or, or show them how math could be relevant to something that they're interested in. It helps to start breaking down some of those walls. Okay. This might be slightly related to one of the questions we asked in the future, but do you think um, you see so many students who are kind of, you know, <coughs> like uh, they don't want to do math because it's um, high school math courses or more difficult math courses? And they've, um, you know, they've they've already been through so many math courses that maybe did not, um, you know, fulfill them. So, let me make sure I'm understanding. So the, are the bear, do I see more students with barriers because I'm teaching classes that come later in their yeah. educational? Yeah. I think a lot of times, um, partly what turns people off to math is that it's been oftentimes oversimplified mm. in an effort to like make it more accessible to more people. Mm. You lose some of the 
the sophistication and the reasoning and, and we lose the elegance. If you just try to, you know, focus on the mechanics and how to and you learn these yeah. little tips and tricks about math, um, you lose some of the beauty and, and utility of mathematics. Mm. And I think a lot of students that, that that's sort of all they all they know are that math is this um. procedural procedural rule based um, discipline where they have to follow follow directions and a procedure all the time instead of a real creative endeavor right. where they can things that they can use to you know solve real problems and make yeah. better decisions. Yeah. Um, so sometimes it's that the math has been think oversimplified and not and, and it hasn't been presented in a sophisticated enough way I think it's I think it's interesting that you say creative endeavor because yeah. me and Luke have like both been saying for a while that um, math is creative and even though it's like it's not like mm -hmm. um, uh, like a like widely recognized right. creative subject I think we right. both think it is yeah if you say like creative I think most people think of like artists or like you know Sure. I don't know, like com music Hangers composers who know. Yeah. yeah, they don't usually think of like mathematicians and scientists because you know they're considered like logical. Sure. But actually, math and science are the most creative subjects. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Just maybe not at the you know the school mathematics that we do mm. doesn't always convey that right. because it is presented oftentimes as like a more rule based or purely logical mm. yeah. field. Yeah. Well, do you think um, our educational system is kind of making students hate math maybe not intentionally but is it kind of leading students to hate the subject of mathematics yeah i think there's plenty of evidence to suggest <laughs> that that's the case in particular in america like yeah yeah we, sure. um, the american the way that we do handle math in this country um hasn't been great and we don't our students don't perform well mm -hmm. um compared to their international peers and i think a lot of it is because of how we how we present it to students mm -hmm. and the attitudes that you know, you've all been at school and you hear yeah. the comments that people make about math and um, that's not all unfounded. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think one of the most like common things you hear about math, especially in like high school or college, is that math is something like, especially if you're talking about like calculus, it's something that you're never going to use in the real world, mm. right? Which is like, I mean, I get where those people are coming from because you're probably not going to use like Taylor series while grocery shopping. <laughs> But I think we need to teach students that math isn't just about, or school in general isn't about, like, you know, making your life, quote, useful. It's all about um, teaching the universe, right? Or well, teaching nature. And that's sure. what math is kind of all about. Sure. I, I, to me, it's more like, um, even though, like, we, we won't use the, you know, specific formulas or whatever in our everyday life, it's, it's more about, like, uh, the thought processes and like building the yeah, yeah, the reasoning sure. and stuff like for that. Sure. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. Oh, I'm gonna agree, <laughs> but um, like yeah, not everything you learn in school has to be immediately useful, have mm -hmm. utility like here and now, or you know, in your life right now, or at home, or your job. Um, but math does also have great utility. So yeah, as long so, is there an over like you had a your Venn diagram of utility mm -hmm. and and useful for thinking there is intersection there so we could sure. teach math that really highlights that that it's not so abstract mm. um, where you can simultaneously work on quantitative reasoning but also in, in relevant meaningful contexts mm. so you, you think that should definitely be more like prevalent in our in our education I think yeah I, I do mm -hmm. I do okay. mm. 
Um, I was going to ask what attitude is necessary for being a student of math, but based on your previous responses, I'm assuming, obviously, curiosity is one of them. Yeah, right um, at the top of the list. Right, so, like, do you have anything else? Um, atti so, attitude, just in, like, so the curiosity is part of that, but having an open mind and... Um, you know, even if you haven't had the greatest experiences in math because yeah. maybe you don't see that it's valuable or useful to you in the short term, um, being able to take that long view and think that even if even if I'm not going to use Taylor series or whatever it is you're studying in class that day, knowing that the kind of reasoning and logical skills you're developing can be useful mm -hmm. in a broad range of yeah. endeavors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think, I was gonna say like, I think one of the reasons why people hate math is because Math, so math is kind of different from like history or English and it's because math it, it's like um, uh, it's like constructing a building right okay you can't make like the 20th floor of this giant building without make, uh, having like this a very mm. strong foundation a very strong base so a lot of kids just kind of because they don't really care I mean most students at least they don't really care about math right they just want A's right they uh. just want good grades so I think a lot of students just like you know memorize all the formulas and try to like yeah. simplify things without having to or without ha you know taking the time to understand what it actually stands for so if you like if you're in pre-cuck for example mm -hmm. and you have a bad like or you know you haven't really paid attention or don't really remember like you know previous topics like algebra or uh, you know geometry uh -huh. it, it's gonna be pretty difficult right because yeah. like in order to learn pre-calc or calculus you need to have a good foundation on those previous topics sure. and that's literally what math is all about you can't learn those like more complex topics without fully understanding the previous ones mm -hmm. and I think that's what school is failing because yeah. there it's making students to uh, chase grades instead of truth, right? Mm -hmm. So they don't really care about what it actually stands for. They just want to memorize the formulas. Like, like if you've passed calculus, right? Mm -hmm. Like everyone knows about, I don't know, say like the power rule, right? Yeah. But how many people know like how the power rule was derived? Like how many? Like if I if I like if you okay so Devin you're in Calc BC right? Yeah. How many students do you think can like actually prove the power rule? Maybe, maybe one, maybe one. Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. So it's it's like we we have these formulas, like hundreds, thousands of them, and we just memorize them. We don't like w one of the great gifts of consciousness or being conscious is the ability to actually think about those things mm. and kind of you know look deeper yeah and appreciate the beauty of nature yeah. but we're, we're kind of like programmed robots here right we're yeah, just memorizing little, formulas yeah. without understanding what they actually stand for mm -hmm. so yeah I think it's a very big problem for sure do you have any thoughts on that I do actually I think you Luke put a your finger on a much larger problem than anything related to I mean the math part of this why a lot of students struggle with math or don't like math at, in the high school um, is a symptom of a larger problem where, like you mentioned, the schools sort of incentivize students to see 
schooling and education is kind of a, just a series of hoops they have to jump through where the only mm. goal is a good grade because yeah. a good grade is going to get you into a good college, good college will get you a good job, good job will get you a lot of money, yeah. but we lose sight of the intrinsic value of learning about acquiring knowledge and, and gaining wisdom and mm. learning about ourselves and others and um, how these different disciplines can help you figure figure out more about yourself and about the world. Yeah. Um, and we see that's more prevalent, like you, it's more visible in math for exactly the reason you say that if you don't have these foundational skills that you were supposed to have learned in previous courses, um, it just adds up and it makes it very difficult for you to succeed in, in pre-calculus, for instance, like you said. Um, but if you, you know, didn't do great in U.S. history, then maybe world hi you can still do world history. Sure. Or if, if chemistry was a train wreck, you know, maybe physics can still be okay because you don't yeah. need all of that content knowledge. Yeah. Um, to go from one course to another where you, where you do in math. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the bigger issue is, is like you said, this is, this is the case just because of um, some of our messed up values around mm -hmm. education. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you, I mean, I, I personally don't have like a great idea of how to improve, but, and I, I do agree that the system is, is flawed, but do you have any ideas that you might want to see implemented? Um, it's a difficult question because yeah. like there are things that I can affect in my classes yeah. but these are this is such a lot like even within my department or my building or the district it's hard because there's a really pervasive at like even if you look at the attitudes in American social media or yeah or, or mass media like movies and things like there's this anti intellectualism anti school you know it's, yeah. it's very popular and common to say that you hate school and yeah. like all the uh, famous movies about school are about skipping school and all of you know <laughs> ways of getting out of it yeah. um, which is not entirely unique but that is sort of an american phenomenon it's not like this in other countries there are different values about education um, but in the classroom like what i can control with my students is is um, avoiding doing all i can to take the focus off of grades and to make it more about the learning and and the the math knowledge that I want my students to acquire and, and having that be the center of all the, dis the discussions and not the hoops they have to jump through to right. get an A in the class. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, so our next question is going to be a little more philosophical. <laughs> Was math discovered or invented? <laughs> like any philosophical question, I don't think you can have a, a clear-cut answer here. My, my leaning, what I generally like to talk about is how it was invented. Mm -hmm. um, that that math is really a tool that people use to understand the world and um, you know first you understand it and you you can build models that involve equations or, or whatever other mathematical objects um, to better understand the world and see if your, your model fits and you refine that and then you know eventually you can use those models to predict. Um, but it's all things that have been created and refined over the years. I think there are like universal, universally truth things that, that happen that fall in the realm of mathematics, like you know the one plus one equals two sort of ideas. Yeah. Um, but but the way that math is used, um, like in the world outside of school, especially, is largely uh, you know derived uh, that that people have discovered not discovered, I'm sorry, created in order to <laughs> um, 
to solve problems that come up in the world or to you know make better decisions. So on the whole, I think um, it's more in the more in the invented side of the spectrum. What do you think, Devin? I think I have to disagree because you know even though um, um, even though like you know, people actually did the work and you know did proofs or whatever to, to, to um, get to these concepts. I feel like that was just them, you know, seeing the end before, like, the road to get there. And um, I feel like it's, it's, it's more, it's more of like, it existed, but it wasn't, you know, expressed, necessarily. Um, and we just found a way to express it. Um, but maybe that's, in your eyes, that's the uh, the invention. In my eyes, I just feel like we were discovering what was already there. So, listen. I'm just as you're talking. I'm thinking about science, the, the process of scientific discovery. Mm -hmm. So you know, there are all these this evolution of the atomic model. Let's say where we thought yeah. maybe you know okay. you had this nucleus, and then there were electrons that would orbit it, or there was the plum pudding model, or you know, currently we have the wave mechanical model, and yeah. and whatever is happening at the atomic or subatomic level, it happens like it's reality, yeah. and we just the more we understand it, the better we can describe it so we can use mathematics mm. to describe what we think is happening at the moment and that's all tentative you know until we figure out till we get better ways of observing um, we get new data so then we have to come up with a new mathematics to describe this new state where we think well now this is really what's happening yeah and again that's good until we figure out something else but the mathematics is just describing what we can see so the things are happening like there is actual rules governing all of you know whatever yeah. Yeah. scientific phenomena we're talking about, and the, I think the mathematics is is a, a helpful tool to describe that. Um, but like, if we go away from like a pure physical science aspect, like you know, to to data science or algorithms that huh. social media companies use, who like who are all these data scientists? Who's who's using big data? to do things, to try to either market or, or provide better services. These are all mathematicians yeah. who are yeah. who are figuring things out and inventing things um, that'll help them pull information or make sense of the world a different way, and so, you know, using all of these gigantic data sets or machine learning or whatever, you know, these newer mm. areas of, of mathematical advancement are. Yeah, that's true. Mm. <laughs> do you have anything? Do I have anything? Um, well, I may be wrong, but we all may be. <laughs> <laughs> but I think math was discovered, and I think that because um, I think some like um, like some of the systems that we use in math was invented, uh, but. I think math is just too effective. Like, I, I just, it's just hard to believe that humans came up with this. And I also think some of the, I'm not just, I'm not talking about the mathematical modelings, I'm talking about like, like properties or like constants that we can mm. discover within nature. 
I think those things are discovered. Um, I can just tell you an example. Like, um, there's so many. <laughs> <laughs> like one minus one third plus one fifth minus one seventh plus one ninth, and like you alternate the yeah. terms, and yeah. all the denominators are odd numbers. So that converges to pi over four, right? Yeah. And when I mean like it converges to, I mean like it exactly equals pi over four. Right. Um, I think it's kind of hard to say that was invented, in my opinion, because th that shows the relationship between natural numbers, so odd numbers in this case, and a pi, which is an actual like geometrical ratio in mm -hmm. the physical world mm -hmm. or we can do um I mean there's like um what do you call that uh, alternating harmonic series mm -hmm. so one minus one half plus one third minus one fourth mm -hmm. so it's same thing but the denominators are all, all natural numbers yeah. they all converge so uh, they all converge to natural log of two mm. right mm -hmm. and that's kind of no it's like perfect. Yeah, it doesn't. It's it's like almost too perfect. Uh huh. Right. And I find it very hard to believe that math was invented. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a, a rebuttal? <laughs> no, I don't. Like I said, there's <laughs> not a clear cut answer, but I I think we're in the conversations we've had. Uh, you know, there's this conversation about pure mathematics and then a conversation about applied mathematics. Uh -huh. yeah. um, and maybe that's where some of this distinction lies. Uh -huh. mm. um, but, you know, the things you mentioned, Luke, how did we how did we know those are true? Like, people were curious and they experimented and they thought about those things and they, they maybe they did discover that this pattern exists that, like, it doesn't, there's not an intuitive reason why I, I should think this is true. Um, but again, we have math that gives us these tools and this language to explore those patterns and see see what else we can find. Well, personally, I always thought that math was, or, or the part of math that was invented was the language, like the characters mm -hmm. and the, you know, how we relate things to each other. Like that, that to me was the invention. But the truth is like, um, like the stuff that Luke said, that that um, was there before, you know, and will continue to be there even if there are no humans around to do math or to, you know, uh, research further. Right. right. And e even e talking about humans and our invention, like we use a base 10 number system just because we have mm. 10, mm -hmm. 10 fingers, but true. a lot of the, the things that Luke was saying are true regardless of what base system you're using uh -huh. like that ratio of the circle circumference to its diameter will still be um, mm. as, as Luke described it which is right. fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Our final question is what was your most memorable experience as a, as a math teacher? I have no idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've been you, know, you at the beginning you mentioned I've been teaching here for 18 years but I've been teaching 25 overall mm. and in a lot of different settings so you know all different levels of high school math but some college level math some computer classes some science classes I teach adults um, all right you taught chemistry yeah I remember yeah, that. yeah yeah um, and I teach other math teachers and 
it, I just can't even fathom what would be like the most memorable moment mm -hmm. of all of those countless, you know, experiences and interactions. Too many, huh? That I've had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and rating is hard. Favorite anything is That's true. hard because there's so much variety. Um, you know, things are memorable for, for so many different reasons. So yeah. I have a real hard time with those kinds of yeah. questions. No, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. <laughs> Do you have a most, either of you have a most memorable moment sitting in a math class? Uh, sitting in a math class. Um, well, I do a lot of math outside of school. <laughs> so I would say, okay, so, okay, I think, um, I don't know. I, I thought when I first learned calculus, yeah. um, it kind of like changed my point of view. Well, what like about calculus? Ca what about, oh, like yeah. within <laughs> calculus? Or yeah, I mean, oh, oh, was okay. it the history? Was it a oh. single concept? Um, I think mm, <laughs> there's too many. Yeah. But, um, well, first of all, calculus is like kind of applicable to the real world, obviously, right? Mm. But not just that, it's like the patterns, um, like formulas and like how they're derived. Um, and how we can use calculus to model things in the real world, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And I thought infinite, uh, infinity series, or infinite series, excuse me, was kind of mind-blowing. Like the fact that you can do something, like you know, you know how in calculus um, you learn about like uh, whether if certain series Converge or diverge. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I thought that was really cool in my opinion, because mm -hmm. like you're basically dealing with infinity, right? And I just think it's really cool how math can, like, math allows us to learn more about the universe without actually doing things physically. Like you can literally deal with infinity, right? True. It's not like a, right. You know, like physical observation. Uh -huh. It's um, so you, you can know. do some crazy things you know, using just your mind and logic. Right. And that really blew my mind. <laughs> what about you? Um, I don't, I, I can't think of a single moment, but when I, when I think of like my favorite parts about math, it's just like the struggle and then like the breakthrough. Like, I mean, and this is, this goes back to like how we teach math and how like, if you encounter a struggle, um, because of maybe because of the culture that surrounds mathematics in America, but a lot of kids, they, um, you know, very easily they'll give up and they won't try and they won't try to think differently. But I think that is probably one of the, like, when you, when you, you know, stick it through and um, keep testing and trying different things, it's one of the most like cathartic experiences you could have mm -hmm. when you, you know, like you finally get it, mm -hmm. you know, so that, that's the part that I really love about math. It's really great to hear, Devin. <laughs> um, I would say one of the big struggle, not struggle, but like challenges as a teacher is trying to manage that struggle. Because I, I really want my students to struggle, but I want the struggle to be productive. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I want it to be, I want my students' reach to always exceed their grasp. Um, hmm. But also to keep it, keep that, manage. you know, the, the distance is manageable where they're right. able to. You know, so it's just out of reach right now, but they have the tools they need to, to mm -hmm. go that extra mm -hmm. little bit. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm glad to hear that you appreciate that <laughs> mm -hmm. aspect of it. 
Um, Luke, you mentioned something that reminded me of something that I noticed as an undergrad majoring in math. And, you know, I had gone through school, uh, school math, and then I get to college and I'm taking these calculus and other classes. And it wasn't until then that I started to see what you're talking about, like how useful mathematics is. Like it's just applicable to everything. Mm-hmm. But we don't show kids that until no. they only the strong, you know, the ones that make it through <laughs> to get to these advanced courses later on that most most students never see. Um, right. So all of that remains hidden. Yeah. Um, where where like the really cool stuff where you see how math is really useful in all kinds of fields. Mm-hmm. You don't get that. Twist. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it shouldn't be though. It shouldn't no. be this big reveal after most people stop stop participating. I yeah. think we should have a class for like like how cool math really like for <laughs> teaching kids how cool math really is instead mm-hmm. of just teaching all the theorems like we should teach kids about its applications or like i don't know some cool identities sure <laughs> you know like it, they're so cool right. and uh, the best part is you know um like they're real you know yeah and uh, i don't know like if you have a soul like that should excite <laughs> you <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and uh, I also want to compare math with, with, like, sports. So, you, Devin, you know how you said, like, most students give up on math problems pretty easily. They just say, like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not good at math. I'm not a, quote, math person sure. or something like that. Like, if you're a football player and, I don't know, you you suck at this one drill and you tell your coach, oh, I suck at this, I give up. I'm not, like, this, I don't know, I suck at this drill. Like, your coach is going to be pissed at you yeah right like yeah. you can't just give up like that right but and if, if you want to excel yeah and you have to you, practice you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, gotta at least try to do the drill. but for math and like for education or for learning in general i don't think students do that as much no no they just kind of define themselves as non-math person well i mean it i think it is true that you know different people are good at different things and so some students will have um a much harder time learning the same content, but I think you're right about the 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 amount of struggle that students are willing to go through is um, not nearly enough to where they can you know see the benefit. All right, um, that was a pretty good episode. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you both. All right, thanks.